A chill mist rose from the moors. A hound cries somewhere in the gloom. Long fingers of shadow reach out towards you. The darkness is ready to claim you. Fear fills your very soul. It's at times like this that you look for comfort with the queer and pleasant strangers. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnetdale. And this is a Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast. Two queer trans ladies. We tell you what we've been up to media-wise in the week. But we also do some silly voices and skits and just have a bit of a catch-up and try and amuse ourselves and hopefully you as well. We tell the hound off for baying again. Baying! You're gonna wake the neighbours. It's not... it's not okay. Also, like, that hound can never get a straight angle on a shot. It's just constantly rotating. No one can focus on that. (laughs) Ah, what have you been playing this week, Jane? Uh, playing? What have I been playing? Yeah, what have you been playing? That's where we start. I have mostly been... The thing I've put the most hours into uh, (laughs) is a game called Rift Breaker, or the Rift... The Rift Breaker? Tell me about the Rift Breaker. Um, so... Is this this hex-looking thing you've been playing? Or is it it's a sort of RTS? Is that what it is on PC? Uh, okay, so there's some base building. Okay. Um, uh, but there's no like like troops that you're producing. Okay, so you're not producing like here's the barracks that's farming out this kind of troop and no, you're building say the the uh, ammunition factory mm. that will crank out bullets for your towers that will defend your base. Okay. You're cranking out um. You're making like different types of 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 uh, tower and upgrading those towers. You're building like research bases and yeah. all the things that they depend on. Like so, something might something a geo a geothermal um, power plant yeah. produces a lot of mud. Mm. So you get rid of the mud. You siphon that off. You stick that in a in a in a tank. What do you do with the mud? You've got so much mud, you don't know what to do with the mud. You can't just let it get everywhere. So you f- stick it through a water processing plant, and you filter out the, the dirt, and you just have some nice clean water. What do you okay. do with all this water? You don't need that water. What do you want water for? That's okay. ridiculous. So, how about you feed that into the back of a laboratory? Laboratories always need water, apparently, somehow. Well, I mean, that makes sense. They're doing a lot of diluting, distilling. And you use that l- laboratory... To help you start researching stuff and gaining new powers and things. And presumably there are units or troops or something. No, no, it is. You are everything. You are everything. Okay. So you are a scientist in a big met suit called Mr. Riggs. Okay, so you are making, like, let's say, towers to do attacking. You're building things that will do damage. Defending. You are only defending yourself. Only defending. The only one that can really do any attacking is, is basically you. So okay. you will periodically be attacked by these, like, insect creatures, mm. or in some cases later on, rock creatures. Okay. And they will come at your base, because here you are, an invading force on their planet. So this sounds a little bit like 
Command and Conquer, if there was no base to other base to actively go seek out, it was only you, and it was also kind of Factorio. <laughs> or something in that vein of this makes this makes this makes this and did all... Yeah, I suppose that this makes this is a bit more nebulous than something like Factorio, yeah. because like you'll have a thing that farms uh, carbon out of yeah. the ground, and that just goes nebulously into yeah, it, a supply. It doesn't have to be like connected up to the other things. No, but, but you might want to build more storage places to yeah. keep all yep. of the carbon. It's a lot of build a thing that will produce a thing that you use in a thing that will produce a thing. Go to the research tree and use some of the research yeah. points you've got or some of the, the okay. time you've got. Yeah. Because the technology all exists, you're just downloading it from Earth. Ah, I see. Across all of the, the thing, there's a quantum, there's apparently there's some quantum entanglement involved, which is jolly nice. Yeah, very useful of them. Right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that is, that is the basis of it. Yeah. yeah and you... at first I was like, yeah, I like the, like the thing of this. Like, mm. I looked at the video, I was like, I think I'm going to enjoy that. And then I lost almost an entire day to it and was like, yeah, I guess I enjoy this game. <laughs> um, it has... It does make you think in the same way that Deep Rock Galactic does. Yeah. I am an invading force raping this planet for resources. Yes. Does this game feel like it in any way is critical of that? In really subtle ways. Okay. The longer you spend in an area like that, that is your base. Yeah. The more chance there is that you've probably cut down all the trees to make space for things. Ah. Mm. And certain things, it just turns into mud yeah. because okay. you walked over it all the time. All the grass has gone. All the trees have got so, has gone. Your base becomes this horrible brown lump. Yeah. It's it's less to do with like actively looking at the camera and telling you you've done bad, and more like. Oh, hey, remember how this was when you started building and how it is now and that you did that? Yep. Okay, okay I kind of like that. Like, you, you, you've you, got all these beautiful, like, lush areas you can go to. Like, the first couple of areas are very tree-ish and it's like, okay, cool, it's very green and lush. And the thing that seems to be upsetting the local insectoid creatures is me and all of the things that I'm doing there. <laughs> yeah. And they will constantly... Like, it feels like the whole planet has it in for you. I mean, it probably does. You're you're, you're an invading force no, fucking like them up. The earthquakes. Oh, an earthquake's happening. Ooh. Where's it happening? Oh, directly under my base. Uh -huh. That's appropriate. Oh, it's it's raining meteorites suddenly. Right that's, on my base. That, that's interesting. That's quite interesting, that yeah, is. That's making... Oh, I've just upgraded my headquarters and it's, it's going to take a few minutes for that to work. Oh, I'm immediately going to be attacked after that. That That is instantly making me think of that board game where you play the gods making the invading people go away from the... Spirit Island. Spirit Island. It's got Spirit Islandy feel. Yes, there, it feels like there is another game separately somewhere where someone is punishing me for the shit I'm doing. Uh, yeah... That seems... The, mm. the tutorial is basically like, hey, you're in a simulation and your like, immediate superior is like, don't get cocky. Yeah. And the, the, the scientist is like, but I've run this simulation loads of times. I know what's happening. Yeah, we've changed it. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, how good of them. How nice of them. And like the final thing is, is just this endless wave of, of things coming at you. And it just sort of times out whether you die or not. It's mm. just like, okay, look, yeah, that's fine. We get the point. You're going on this mission. That's the prologue mission. That's fine. 
Yeah. Um, but like the actual mission itself starts off fairly easy. And then it's like, oh, you need to go and find some uranium because you're struggling for power. You know what's really good for power? Some nuclear power. Oh, you I could see. use some of that water you've got going spare. So go to another part of the planet, a bit deserty, find mm. some uranium. Ah, uh, a bit of uranium, maybe, maybe some cobalt. You can you can mine some of that, and then you'll be like, okay, yeah, but now I need really need titanium. Okay, well, go to the volcanic area where everything hates you and you can't build anywhere because there's these weird floating magnetic rocks. That if you so much as go within the radius of them, the big pink glowing radius, your whole like uh, uh, thing just kicks you out of build mode. Oh. And it's just like, no, I, you're not in build mode anymore. Okay, well, I need to make sure I don't stand there, but I am trying to build around this thing. Okay, no. There was like, there was a time I had to build and unbuild the same thing several times, trying to get it lined up just right so I could move things around it. Like, mm -hmm. I needed pipes to come out of this geothermal thing, and I wanted them to come out in a specific way, and it absolutely was not happening, because <laughs> on one side there was a bloody great rock that I couldn't move, <laughs> and on the other side there was this weird floating magnetic thing that was just, like, wrecking all of my shit. Yeah. Meanwhile, all of the monsters in this area are super hardy. Of course they are. They live in a fucking volcano. <laughs> yes! And then, like, even more in this area, there's, like, lots of big rock yeah. things that are super difficult to beat. Um, it runs fine. Like, yeah. I, it will regularly just be like, there are approximately 2,000 stampeding feet coming towards you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I guess I'll head back to my base and make sure everything's okay there, huh? Yeah. Um, like, so, big numbers haven't been a problem until earlier today. Right. I had it running... I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm being told that there's a big thing coming towards my base. It's fine, I'll just finish the little bit of exploration I'm doing and then I'll head back to the base. Because I'm on this like real kick of bioscanning everything that glows at the moment. Okay, Do you have cool. a glowy thing? I'm going to bioscan you and yeah. learn about you for my research because I'm still a scientist despite yeah. all of the other crap I'm doing. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll finally pop back to my base. I got back there and half of it had been destroyed. Because it had suddenly, it's apparently suddenly decided it's gone from just a little bit yeah. uh, of just different stuff to, oh, almost everything is like one of those big behemoth mountain rock monster things. Uh -huh. And not the normal ones, the much bigger, scarier ones that you've previously only seen in other areas. Yeah. They're now coming, apparently, across the whole planet just to get me in my little base. I mean, you did fuck with them. Apparently so. <laughs> Apparently so. Like, I'm hoping that I haven't just hit like a complete impasse now. Yeah. That because I'm I haven't had a chance to reload it, but like there was so much stuff on screen, it fucking crashed. It's like, oh, okay, that was a lot. Like all the biggest creatures, so much going on at once, being attacked yeah. from so many different positions. I'm hoping that that's not. That's it now. I yeah. can't progress any further. Because I have I feel like I've sunk, like, seven or eight hours into this game. Yeah, and you don't want that to just be unceremoniously cut off while you were still having fun. You should have researched plasma weaponry. Yeah. Or the high-caliber rifles. Mm. Or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I have been enjoying it, but I'm a bit afraid of what's happening right now. You're enjoying it with caveats. With caveats. Although, I, I have just downloaded a patch, so I don't know if that's... Fingers balanced some shit because it's only been out since what Thursday I think. 
Oh, okay, entirely possible then. Yeah, what about you? What have you been playing? Well, we've been playing a video game together, or we did a playthrough of it together, and then I did a solo second playthrough of it today. Yes. Uh, we played... Uh, man. Uh, Dark Pictures of Anthology. Yeah, we played Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes. Yeah. Um, it's it's another one of those choose-your-own-adventure games from the Until Dawn people. They did Man of... Yeah, super massive. They did um, Man of Medan, they did Little Hope, they did Until Dawn. This is their new one. Um, it is set in 2003 Iraq, which I have had caution about. Um, I have seen some presentations about the game in the past, I played some demos of it, and every time there was one very big omission, which was... They keep advertising in about one sentence. Oh, one of your five playable characters will be an Iraqi soldier. The other four will be US Marines. And then they don't let you see this character, Salim, for more than a few seconds in like half hour long trailer uh, presentations, hour long demos. He barely shows up. And I was like, I was cautious because mm. there's a lot of ways that a game about the US military going to Iraq in 2003 could not be great. Especially since four out of the five characters that you play as are massive fucking US military douchebags. I mean, they're all hot on the heels of uh, 9-11 having happened a couple of years ago. This is right around the like storming of Saddam Hussein's compound. Yes, so the the palace has been taken over. Like, you spend some time wandering around it. it. It's very much set in peak... We are still very angry about 9-11, but also very, like, America's the best America can do anything. It's set right in the centre of we're looking for WMDs. And yeah, they're like, there are literal notes around, like, you have to find WMDs to justify this invasion. Yeah, like, the, the, the very start of the game is it's about, like, hey... I need to find WMDs in a, in Iraq, otherwise America will be a laughingstock around the world. I've got to find them. I made a fancy camera that can thinks it's found a big hole where they might be. That all being said, and obviously this is coming from a white person who has never lived in the Middle East, has never been to the Middle East, and like my take on this is obviously not the important one. I felt like they did a decent job with Salim of humanizing him as a character who had a life outside of the military. I think they did a good job of not having him back down from, hey, the US invasion of Iraq was completely pointless and America are not the heroes here. Like, I think they did some of the things that I was worried they wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to really get into spoilers or anything, but there there are a good few bits in this game that made me just go... Yes, at least you are, like, standing firm on, on Salim's stuff, for the most yeah. part. Like, he clearly doesn't want to be a killer, whereas most of the Americans are just like, yup, let's oh, it, let's yeah. fucking shoot people. It, it very much frames this as the Americans are like, fuck yeah, let's go shoot some people from Iraq. And Salim is there like, hey, I really don't want to... I just want to go home and look, see my kid for his birthday, Yeah, look, right? I'm from a country that's got compulsory military service, but, like, I, I want to go home and see my kid, and I don't want people invading my place where I live. Yeah. He, he's made very... He is, I think, the likeable character in this horror movie cast. I would say he's the only likeable yeah. character. And, like, I very much appreciate that and I wish they'd shown him more in promotion like I get the impression they wanted 
Salim is a good, nice person to be a surprise, and that's weird, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, that being said, I really enjoyed this. Um, mm. I like what they did with the horror topic of this one, because this anthology, everyone's like a different kind of horror, and I think this one felt the most satisfying and less, least yeah. like a letdown to me. Yeah, like, it's um, a... There are some beautiful set pieces in it. Mm. The art is is interestingly designed. They've taken inspiration from some of the most visually interesting horror movies that I can think of. Yeah, they they do a very good job. Like it's not a spoiler to say they go down deep into the ground in this. There's a lot of shots of them being deep in the ground. Um, they do a good job of like claustrophobia and not really being able to see what's around you. It's neat. Yeah, um, it's the sound design's pretty good. I, Should we get onto the problems? Do you want to? Do you want to start on that? Okay, so I think the, when the first one came out, we were reasonably complimentary of Man and Badan yeah. as hey, it's got subtitle <laughs> backgrounds, it's got subtitle sizes. Yeah, it introduces you to that like. I think before the title screen in the first one. I believe so. Yeah, definitely before the title screen in this one. Yeah. Um, you have like g- some good options for subtitles. You have things like um, hold button for a QTE. Yep. Um, you've you got... can turn QTE to e-timers off entirely. Yep, you can um, make it so that QTEs will always be the same button, so you don't have to think, oh, what button is that in a rush? You can set um, color, different colors for speakers. Yeah, uh, there's difficulty modes, which um, th- makes a big difference. Like the easy difficulty I played around a bit with today increases timer lengths. It gives you bigger windows for certain things, like, um, you know, the heartbeat minigame? Yes. Um, not only do you only have single heartbeats, not like doubles next to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got more forgiving windows to oh, get wow. the heartbeat in there. Because that is the the one thing I struggle yeah. the most with. And I will say for those difficulties, I wish that those were not just easy, medium, and hard. I wish that you could do those individually. So you could be yeah. like, normal difficulty, but easy mode heartbeat, for Let example. Let me customise what I need of what I am good at and not. Yeah, because it Especially does... as someone who has played yeah. all of these now. Yeah, and that's the thing, because like, their accessibility menu has several of these broken down individually... Just not all of them, and I'm like, it's mm. you were so close. Just, just do just that. Do Make that thing. how you do it. Yeah. Um, um, then we come to the problems. <sighs> yes. The uh, the uh, choice compass thing. <laughs> um, it, first of all, there is there are times when that's not super visible. Uh, it's not super visible. Like it's mostly white. It's got a little bit of a drop shadow on it. It's... But if something behind it is white, it is almost impossible yeah. to see. It, it's mainly a problem like uh, you're in a deserty scene in this yeah. scene, or the, or... The, the like way at the beginning briefing room. Yes, because it's against the projector in the background. It's like yeah. I cannot fucking read. That. There's no option to have a background place behind it the way there is for subtitles. Yeah, and you can't really change the size of that very much. Uh not really. No, uh, you also can't um, turn off the timers for. Um, for those dialogue choices. Yeah. You can turn off the timers for quick time events entirely, so that, like, there is no timer. You can't do that for choices. Yeah, and I struggled a bit with a few of those. Yeah. It's 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 a lot better than, say, Until Dawn was. It's be- I think it's improved since Man of Medan, but it's still got some way to go on that front. Yes. 
Um, having done it feels a s- like they're really trying. But yeah, and I, I, I commend them for that. Yeah, but just a little bit. Can, can I encourage you to walk a little further, friends? Indeed. Um, that said, I played a second playthrough of it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of things. First of all, that easy mode and those accessibility settings are really good for if you just want to see what do my choices mean without me fa- like me failing quick time events messing with it. Yeah. Really nice for just being able to try and make the choices that will get you to your perfect ending. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a lot of variation in this one um, between my two playthroughs I did. Um, I don't know how much of that is to do with which characters lived and died and when, mm. but... There were some, like, very drastically different scenes I encountered, very different amounts of information I got. Um, It was... The first, let's say, third, very, very similar. Mm. Um, It it picks up and it really starts to vary and branch, and it made it worth playing a second time. I suppose while everybody is alive, it's very easy to have much the same thing. Yeah, because I think a lot of the choices you make in that first third, even if you make a choice, it doesn't pay off until later. There's a lot of making different choices and it doesn't pay off for a while, Mm -hmm. but this is not empirical and maybe this will differ depending on what choices you make. But there are some scenes that are cut from the single player. This is a thing that um, Supermassive does with these Dark Pictures games. Um, Because what they'll do is... A, a week or so after launch, they'll release a curator's cut where those scenes are in, but some other ones are out, and you'll play it from a slightly different perspective. Um, the ones missing from single player largely seem to be some of Salim's scenes, mm. and they're not hugely important scenes all of the time, but it did feel like his scenes disproportionately were the ones being removed. And I feel like that's because they're going to pitch the curator's cut later as his playthrough. But I feel like for people who play that in single player first rather than multiplayer as we did, that's going to impact their view of the story. Hmm. And that's a shame. Um, Now you're going to play this, do the remote play version with Fixer. Uh, Yes, yes, MC Fixer, the lovely MC Fixer. We're going to be streaming it on Monday the... what date is it? The uh, 25th. Yeah. Yeah, so I would be interested to know because, I mean, you've played previous ones with him. Yeah. Um, Just the whole... I'm seeing one thing that's, that's different to what you're seeing at the same time. Is there going to be much of that? Yeah. I am super I, curious about that. I very much suspect so. Um, if I had to guess, and I haven't had a chance to try this yet, I think it's going to be a particularly Salim and dude bro with his Nine America hat, I think are probably going to be diverging scenes that like... Mm, yeah. I, I, I do wonder if there'll be other scenes to fill that gap, because like, I'm... Salim's the character I'm most curious about. I want more of him. I want to know what he's up to when he's off screen. Well, hopefully we'll find out. Yeah, but I I think think the big takeaway is I came into this very, very cautious and I felt like there were a lot of red flags and I came away from it more pleased than I expected to be, but with the caveat of I am not the person to best give some Mm. of these critiques. Mm -hmm. Um, Once reviews drop i am very interested to read other people's takes on this who are more personally impacted by the representation yeah um 
Now, you've mentioned that during your playthrough today, obviously, I think you took some different decisions. Yes. And you have consequently seen slightly different scenes. Yes. Uh, one of which involved a flashback. Just to put yes. you in, in, in the memory and remind of things. Yeah. I have a suspicion about why that might have changed, because I suspect you made different choices around certain interactions between people, whereas the first time I very much played it as one character... Yeah, is, is is not happy and is very oh. publicly unhappy with with another character. Yeah, and, and I, I suspect like I, I, we got yeah. scenes that justified each of our responses yes. to that. Yes. So mm. I'm curious if there is more of that. Like, um, there is a character we chose not to shoot way at the beginning. Yeah. Like, can you potentially shoot them like in the head, dead right at the beginning of the game? And that will vastly change yeah. how other people... I think you're right. I think that's why I had that very different flashback scene. I think it's because of who I was making that character lean towards. Yes. Okay. Mm. I see. I suspect yeah. you get a little bit of confirmation bias with which scene you get there. I Based think... on how you've done it. Because yeah. when certain things were happening in the background, I was portraying as that as... Don't be a pushy asshole, and I yeah. was playing the other character as stop fucking pushing me, even yeah. though we're all the same five characters on a team. Yeah, yeah, I, I yes, I deliberately played it differently, yeah. and I can see how that different choice led to that. But oh. yeah, it, I get the impression that there is some sort of like here. Oh, you want some confirmation bias for that? Sure. Oh. Okay, I'm not opposed to that, to being like, look, this seems like where you want the story to go. Let's give you some stuff yeah. to help you lean into that. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and I'm yeah. interested, to, like, I would be curious to know, like, what, playing the complete bastards kill everything. Yes. Um, um, I am entirely justified in all of my actions. Mm, USA, USA the, the, playthrough would be like. The, the main question I have remaining that makes... I don't have time to do it this week, but that I'm curious to look at at some point is if I play this entire game as bigoted, racist, asshole American soldiers that never have any desire to be better about their opinions. Just, they shoot things, and they bring freedom. I'm very curious how much the game will adapt to and respond to that. Yes. Because, like, there are some games that I think do that well. I think that Disco Elysium does a fantastic job of going... Oh, the fascism option is always there, but the world will tell you to fuck off at every turn if you do oh, it. Right? Yeah, I'm, like, I'm very curious, like where they've gone with that. Because, uh, yeah, I, I definitely was like, here are my political opinions. I'm going to try and steer these soldiers towards, but like uh, as much as you can, because some of them yeah. are just massive jerks at the beginning. <laughs> They're slightly more reasonable human jerks by the end of it, but yeah, that that that. They're interesting characters if you can stick with them long enough to get past I am an American soldier that's here to kill people from Iraq because America. Because America and freedom and 9-11 and, and look, if you really fucking hate them, it's not that hard to get them killed off if you want. Can confirm. Yeah, if you want to have this just be Salim's wonderful magical journey where Salim saves the day, go right ahead. I would, I would like that story. Please. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What else have you played this week? Uh, we played some more Betrayal Legacy. <gasps> we did. We got back to Betrayal Legacy. We finally got back to Betrayal Legacy. We played chapter three of that. Hmm. 
That's real interesting. That is real interesting. Uh, that was a story that was told. I think a problem I had with that. Yeah. And a problem I think I generally have had with with betrayal before, like original betrayal and mm. and and legacy. You don't really get enough time necessarily to come up with a strategy. Like you yeah. can't like do trial and error with especially if you're the person that's triggered the horn and you are like the traitor now. It can be very hard to be like okay, um yeah, I have the best idea about how to deal with this. Mm. In the end, I sort of went with a, a like, a, I guess I'm going to just DM this. Yeah. Because I couldn't work out what was the best way to tackle certain things. Yes. And, like, I, 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 if anything, I had all of the possible benefits to make that go as well as possible. Yeah. And it wasn't until, like, a couple of days afterwards I was really sort of mulling it over in my head going, yeah, I could have done that differently. Yeah. And I could have done this. But in the moment, like, I went off to the kitchen, I read the traitor's tome, I learned how to set up, I futzed around with that for about 20 minutes, you all sat in the other room communing and coming up with plotty plans, and, like, don't get me wrong, I had I had fun, like, I really enjoyed the storytelling of that game, mm. but, like, it didn't feel like I could play a good game of it. Although, you know, I guess you don't want the perfect Bad guy in that I, story. Here's here's the thing. The the way I have seen because I've not had a chance to be the betrayer in Betrayal Legacy yet, yeah. and f- doing all my games from the not betrayer side, it seems like the betrayer generally has very powerful abilities or stats, but the downside that they have to wrestle with is that they have very different mechanics to what they're used to. And they have to very quickly get to grips with how do I as an individual best use my skills Mm -hmm. versus a team who can discuss and can come up with things that will, you know, work together. I think that there are... I feel like if if you are able to work out quickly enough what to do, the Betrayer generally has the numbers advantage probably. Mm -hmm. But the problem is working out what to do with that. You say that, but I think the the one we played previously, the one with the uh, the revenant thing, mm. um, it felt like that was pitched much like basically that felt fire and forget on behalf of the 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 traitor because they could just <sighs> seemingly just walk away from the creature and have the creature do the thing. Well, we walked into the creature and got our asses handed to us. Hmm. I, I Whereas think... with this one, it was a... You can have lots of small things, or you can have a power or two, and I hope for the best. Yeah. I think in both cases, I think there is a benefit to... And I don't think either the, the regular people or the betrayers have done this in either game. To just spending a turn or two not doing anything too aggressive and seeing what the other player is trying to do. I think that there is something in like, I'm just going to stop and think for a bit. I'm not going to throw my resources around until I know what they're trying to do and what they are capable of doing and go like giving that little beat before you dash in. I think for both sides, that could be useful. 
I, I again, I've not played the Protector, so I what do I know? I will, I will show you the rulebook for for the haunt we did. Yeah, and, and tell me what you think about like how you would interpret I'm... that in in ten minutes. Yes, it's a fascinating game though, and I yeah. I I do enjoy the frantic nature of. Oops, suddenly I have to work out what to do. I have to learn a whole new set of rules. Yeah. Yeah. Um and and just the storytelling has been fantastic yeah. and like doing it with a group as well and just being like haha this happened. The fact that like we've kept this log of like the, written from the point of view of whoever survives the haunt. Yeah. Like uh yes and I am now the 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 I now have the deed to the manor and yes. Spoopy, 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 and this happened, and we all killed them. All well, I ever. mean, I I like how it tells stories in that there are certain story elements you don't know about. Yeah, I know about some story things you don't know about them. Yeah, I had a card; it told me to do a thing. Story occurred just for me. Yeah, like th- that. That's pretty cool. And later, other people might find out, and oh, oh, that happened, did it? And and then like you've got the clear up at the end of the game where it's like you're, you've got the purgatory deck. If this happened, go grab these cards. If something else happened, grab some different cards, and yeah. that will permanently change. Oh, like mm. we had a whole card that was like, if this is still in the in the the purgatory deck, tear it up now. So we never got to use it. What we never got it? to. We never. So we read it just because. Yeah. It's like that's a whole character that's never going to be in our game. <laughs> like that. That was like a fascinating card it, that will not survive to the end. Of, yeah. of of this game, and I find that really interesting. Also, we that we we got a big thing, and we had a we had a fantastic time at the end of the last Just game we reading, played. Basically, we we were told to uh, find this thing in the box. We found this thing in the box. We read its instructions. Uh, we read the instructions on the back of it. And due to capitalization and and me being a dick, <laughs> no, I just no. decided to just overegg the pudding. No, That's no, no, that was perfect. That is the only way I want that interpreted. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's uh. like, so, like the all caps words had to be shouted, and every time you said the name of the thing, you have to do it as dramatically as possible. Indeed, and then everyone says it back at you because <laughs> that's how it happens. Yes, and now we have to do a little chant whenever we get it out of the box, <laughs> and it has to be yeah. rever- re- reverently placed on the table, and nothing must touch it. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> nothing must come in contact with <laughs> the thing. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> What about you? What you played this week? Um, uh, we also played Wingspan. We did with a fancy new wooden box insert. Yeah, all sorts of fancy, fancy things. Yeah, a Tower X on Etsy makes some fantastic um, oh. custom wooden inserts. Oh, that that stuff's so lovely and mm, it's so nice. And they fit inside the box. Fits inside the so original box. You put the box. game back in the box. And it in looks beautiful because you can pull it out on the table. And so this was for Wingspan, and their one had like. It comes with a dice tower. The dice tower is like etched to look like planks of wood. Yeah. Um, it's a little there's, there's like house. some little gaps in there. There's like little perches for the birdies to stand mm. on. It's a uh, like three directional um, dice tower. So like you've got a, a, it goes down one side, it goes down the other side, then it goes down like a completely sideways direction. Yeah. Which is more directions than a lot of dice towers, so I think that's going to be better generally for rolling. It seemed to be pretty good. Yeah, it was really good. Um, the little trays were really nice. There's the the tray for keeping all of the cards on that had like I think a kingfisher on it. Yeah, that was really beautiful. There was like the little um 
trays that you kept your little cubes in. The first player token that's just an eagle on a mountain top. Yeah, that was pretty intense. And yeah, just the fact that it all fits neatly down in the box. The one we got is actually only for the first expansion. But we managed to squeeze everything from Oceana yeah. in there as well. It, and... it took a bit of, like, some things had to live inside the birdhouse. But, like, yeah. yeah, we made it work. Yeah, especially since, like, they've still got the original dice in there and you yeah. don't need the dice for the expansion and they only ever play with the expansion board. Yeah. But, yeah, this is this is a, a lovely couple who sometimes play several games of Wingspan a day and their yes. game trade inserts have not held up super yeah. well after 18 months, two years of play. Yes, and Wingspan is a wonderful game, and it was really nice to be able to give them something nice to present it and to be able to play it with them. Yeah. I really like that. that it's a real nice engine builder, that. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a nice little game. It's There's a lot of love in the community for that game. Like There is a, an app somebody made that if you scan the card, it will play you the bird song of that sound. Ah, of that yes. Except for the Roadrunner, which just goes, <laughs> meep, meep. It's... I understand the love for that game. Yeah. I will never say no to a game of Wingspan. It's really nice. Yeah, it's it's not my favourite engine builder, but like, I it's it's fun with a group. It's a lovely one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also played some Back for Blood. Watch you back for blood. Watch you back. And watch you back. Watch you back for blood. So this is my first time like properly playing some Back for Blood. I really like it. Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, we were play we played a bunch of two player co op together. Yeah, should we talk about the two player that we really loved first? Sure, yes. I very much enjoyed it in solo. Played played <laughs> uh most of the way through act or all of the way through act one and a little way through act two. <laughs> um in solo, the bots are ridiculous. I talked about this last week. The the bots are ridiculous, they aren't super helpful. So we then played uh, two-player over the weekend. Yeah, and... We had a good time. Yeah, we had a great time. We basically didn't die once going through the yeah. campaign. There were a lot of lovely set We skipped set the boat pieces. level, because the boat level seems to just be a ridiculous difficulty spike at the end of the first section. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's real fun. Yeah. Um, I like some of the set-piece levels. Um, I very much enjoy some of the, the level designs. Mm-hmm. Um... I like the rhythm in each of the acts where you, you've got the deck building going on where between each level you can pick one of a few things that will augment your build for the next level mm-hmm. and you've always got multiple options to pick from. I like that you have the ability to buy certain things before the level starts. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that your weapon upgrades sort of persist through to the end of the, the act. Yeah. Yeah, it's real fun. Yeah, it's great. I had, I've had a lot of fun with it want, so far. I want to play more of it. I look forward to playing through it's Act really 2 with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we played some on my stream last week with um, Steph and Echo and Poshcat. Yeah. And uh, the four-player, the difficulty, despite being set at the lowest difficulty, was just ridiculous. I wonder how much of that is to do with trying to coordinate four real people uh and i don't know like four people together in, I... in two player we got a good number of special infected mm. but in four player we were getting sometimes like yeah s- th- three or four or sometimes I... five and then just like as yeah. soon as one was dead another one I... or two was i wonder if the thinking is that the more human players you have that they sh- they that the thinking is that there'll be an exponential growth in your ability as a team and therefore drastically increased challenge 
Uh, Maybe. It was, either way, it didn't feel like easy skill level, and it didn't yeah. feel fun particularly. Like we yeah. we we really struggled to get anywhere with it, even when we like skip past the the boat level in the end. Yeah, it was just a a complete grind. Uh, and yeah, right right now, as of when we last played it, two player feels better balanced. Two player feels great. You don't have to worry too much about the bots. Yeah, and like yeah, the difficulty level seems n- normal for what it feels like it should be. Yeah, agreed. And two-player is the minimum number you need to start getting achievements and (laughs) unlocking new cards. Hell yeah. So it was more fun with two, and and we got more out of it overall. So maybe look at the difficulty levels there. Well, I'm definitely up for playing some more two-player with you at some point. I, I, I agree with Steph in some ways, though. Like, I think it does have less charm overall than Left 4 Dead. I think, I think so. if Left 4 Dead if Left 4 Dead had like longer campaign, more levels strung together and could do bigger, wider set pieces, mm. then I would I would definitely put that over this. Yeah. But right now, like I think level design is really all this one has overall. It it's level design and number of creatures it can have in high definition in one space, not chugging the frame rate. Yeah. That is impressive, I'll not deny. Yeah, and I mean, it, it is fun, it is chaotic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's... I do wish that the AI yeah. director was a little bit smarter, but... Yes. It's it's, it's fine, yeah. it's fun, it's schlock horror fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about you, what else have you played? Um, I played a little bit of a game called Tanuki Sunset. Okay. So... I played Skateboard a while back, and that was really disappointing. Yes. That was a game that was sold on the premise of Animal on a Skateboard would be fun. And it really wasn't. It controlled very poorly. Um, Can that car stop revving? I think that's a Harley. Probably. It's a whole. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so Skateboard didn't control well. Uninspired level design. Um, Not much in the way of progression or anything to really push you forward. Tanuki Sunset really is the complete opposite in all the best ways. Um, it is a game about being a little Tanuki raccoon style thing on a longboard, trying to become the world's most famous skateboarder. Um, it is played from a sort of behind the character perspective, uh, going down some big roads. You're trying to pick up collectibles as you go that will let you buy um, customer uh, customization things as you go. But generally the mechanic is avoid avoid cars, do drifts around corners, which are really simple. You just hold down A and turn and you do drift. Mm-hmm. Um, and occasionally do tricks in the air, which are Trick. either A or X. You've got two buttons and they do two tricks, at least as far as I am. Um, it controls infinitely better than something like Skatebird, but it also has a lot more to offer outside of its haha cute animal on a skateboard. Mm. Um, the aesthetic is really nice. It uses a lot of like very... Uh, like eighties vapor wavy kind of colors, color combinations. Mm-hmm. It's got a really nice original soundtrack that sort of cycles through as you go. There is a nice little narrative underpinning um, about this sort of character's journey and what they're going for and the people they meet along the way and it, how they grow as a person, as as a little tanuki on the on the way. It's real neat. It's real cute. My biggest issue with it 
is that sometimes the checkpointing feels like it could be a lot better. Mm. You will sometimes like do like a three or four minute section of like road and be right before the checkpoint and take a corner wrong and fall off the side and have to go three or four minutes back and just redo that. And if you fail that that corner that's like three or four minutes in three or four times, <laughs> not great. Mm. Um. Very interesting game, well worth giving a look, with the caveat that, like, its checkpointing isn't ideal. Mm. Um, but yeah, if you're someone who has, like, had a, a craving for cute animal on a skateboard game, yeah, go to Nuki Sunset over Skatebird. Infinitely, infinitely better take on that idea. Go a poke in the eye over Skatebird. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> Uh, have you played anything else this week? That's everything I've played. Uh, last thing I played very quickly, I played more Metroid Dread. That continues yeah. to be fantastic. Um, I mean, once or twice I've gotten stuck in a room and then realised, oh, I just had to bomb that bit of wall with that with that weapon. That's not great level design. There was one underwater boss that had not t- amazingly ter- telegraphed design. But generally, plays fantastically really good, crunchy exploration game with just enough signposting to not get frustrating. Nice. Uh, it's real nice. I'm I'm digging it. Yeah. Uh, I think that's everything I've played this week. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Hey there, and welcome to Four Minute Crafts. First of all, we're going to take this plain white T-shirt, some candles, a packet of glitter, a blowtorch, and we're going to pour all the ingredients into a half-full sharp spin that you borrowed from the hospital. Swish them around with your hands, you know, get right in there, and then just whip it all out, and voila! You have a beautiful ball gown suitable for that special occasion. Oh, wonderful. Next up, take a child's kazoo, an old newspaper, some honey, and a chainsaw. Mix them all up in a perspex bowl, and using your bare hands, submerge it into a river of molten lava. Et voila! A fully working saxophone for less than half the price of a professional instrument. Oh, that's wonderful! But how about this for an amazing craft? Some old shoes, cut off the soles, hot glue them to a steamroller, then cut up some little those little candles you get on birthday cakes, preferably the pink ones, microwave them until they catch fire, put a wooden spoon in the fire, and then hold that flaming wooden spoon between your teeth while gently running yourself over with a steamroller, and you'll have this charming little diorama of a bunny in a woodland glade somehow. Results so good... You probably shouldn't believe them. You won't believe how good these results are, and you should definitely not try this at home. Don't. No. no don't do this. Oh. This has been a public service announcement because most five-minute crafts are fucking dangerous. This is Robin Manson. He is the creator of this amazing device. Like you have never seen before, Robin Manson, Dr. PhD put himself through engineering and he noticed that he could make this amazing device for less than the price of professional $300,000 personal robot. It cooks and cleans and stands up and does all that good stuff. It is amazing. That's, that's, that's not, that's not possible. For just $50, Robin Manson has made this device. No. It is available and no. very cheap. No, I that 
No, what do you what do you want about? You do not need professional degree to get professional robots. You 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 really do. They're complicated. Very cheap robot using special MIT skills I, what, technology. What, what is going? No, none of this makes any sense. What are you? What? What? What's going on here? Pay no attention to the person at the keyboard. Oh, hey, hey, um, Robert, I see you over there. Pay no attention to the man over R- Robert, there. Do you, yes, to, just... do you want to take like three steps to the side away from your keyboard and see if the robot keeps chatting? Pay no attention. This robot is incredible. It can move and and do things and walk independently. I'm I'm off. I'll see you tomorrow, Robert. Please invest. No. This is incredible rags to riches story. The government are trying to stop this technology getting out. If if you take literally two steps to the right and stop touching your keyboard and. The robot tells me it's still an amazing discovery. I will invest right here and now. Slash R delay, 20 seconds. Robert. The robot can <laughs> So, what have you put in your eyes? Well, I watched the movie adaptation of Dear Evan Hansen. Oh dear. Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, Dear Evan Hansen is a musical, um about a teenager making some real fucked up decisions uh, that hurt a lot of people around him. Um, and doing... It It feels... Uh, I've, I'm formulating this thought as I say it. It feels like if Light from Death Note didn't have magical powers but was still just as shitty of a, like, teenager. In that it's that whole justifying what you're doing a little bit at a time to the point that you become a bit of a monster. Mm. Um, fantastic musical in terms of its, like, its songs, its performances when it's done live. Like, there's a lot of very interesting visual stuff going on. The movie adaptation is... Mm, where to begin? Um, it's It does away with all of the interesting visual design stuff of the stage show and just shoots it like it's a drama. Um, it's a lot less visually interesting. The actor, who is one of the main actors in the uh, stage show, fantastic singer, cannot fault him on his singing performances, but it's much easier to believe he's a shitty teenager on a stage at a distance than it is when he's in 4K footage in front of, um, like, right up near the camera. Mm. Uh, he looks about 40. Um, fun fact, he is the the son of the person who made the movie. I wonder how he how that happened. How could that possibly have nepotism? Yeah. Um so beyond that, there I have some other problems with his performance, and I don't I think they're less deliberate choices he's made and more things that don't translate well from the stage to in front of a camera. Hmm. In the stage musical, the main character, Evan is a little bit physically awkward. He holds himself a little awkwardly. It comes across as just teenage awkwardness. Those performances, when put in a sort of more close-up drama setting, don't come across as general teenage awkwardness. They come across a lot more exaggerated because he's doing stage performance. Yes. I'm going to put this as simply as I can. On the stage, it's very believable he's just an awkward, shitty teenager who fucks up. In front of this camera, I cannot believe he's a teenager, which makes it harder for me to believe his fuck-ups. 
But also he comes across like he's acting stereotypical autism. Uh-oh. Yeah. A lot of his awkward gait and uncomfortable sort of uh, manoeuvring that works well on a stage feels way too overacted here. Mm. And it comes across less like this is a story about a shitty teenager making shitty choices and more autistic person does shitty things because he doesn't know better. And I don't think that's intentional, but it... Mm, different tone. Yikes. Uh, additionally, the movie version, it takes out two of the songs that most hold him to account and tell him you've been a shitty person and you should feel bad about that, which has a real impact on the tone. The songs are still amazingly performed because it's basically the original cast. Um, There is a song in it called So Big, So Small that, yeah, still still got tears out of me, still hit me like a truck. It was real good. There's great music in it, but this is... It's a divisive musical at the best of times, and this is not the way to see it. What about you? What have you watched this week? Um, I watched the new Things Get Dicey. Uh, this is uh, Paul, Paula Denning's channel on YouTube. She's one of the people who does, um, like, board game news stuff on the Watch It Play channel with um, Rodney and the others. Yeah. Um... This video is called Artificial Intelligence, and it's a, a skit about um, trying to invent a robot to play board games solo. Aha! Uh -huh. And the robot is really mean. Oh no! And I, I won't spoil the end of it, but it's it's quite funny. That and whoever fun. built the robot, well done. Because <laughs> that, that for, for a prop, I'm guessing that belongs to someone and they use it for something else. Yeah. Because otherwise... That was a lot of effort to put in for a, a six and a half minute sketch or six minute <laughs> sketch. Um, yeah. Uh, have you watched anything else? Um, uh, we finished watching through Squid Game. We did. It yeah, is good. Uh, that is. We a... did spend the last like last twenty minutes of that show going do this. Dude, come on. Yeah, yeah. You can be the thing. I, I, mm, there is something that I feel like would have been the narratively satisfying ending had this been a single season show, and I kind of wish it had been. They did that thing, and now we have a moral and a nice narrative wrapping around that core conceit. Yeah. And that's clearly not what they wanted to do, but, like, it's, it's real interesting. I think, uh, as we said earlier, we wa we watched that just in time. Yes. Because the memes are fucking out there. Uh, the, the morning after we finished watching it, and this is how I knew the floodgates had opened, SNL did a three-minute-long song in which they explained the entire plot of season one of Squid Game, including, like, final episode ending spoil, like, final minutes of the season spoilers. Um, like... The mainstreaming of like everyone is just accepted is just expected to know that plot. We just got in under the wire. Yep. Um. Yeah, there was some, there were some very surprising things in the last few episodes. It was very well, very dramatically done. I didn't want a second season, and then the <laughs> setup for how the second season was going to work had me going. Oh, okay, the fuck are you going to do with that? That sounds interesting. I think. I'm curious. Oh. Uh, what about you? Have you watched anything else? Um, I uh, do you know the YouTube channel Matt Baum or the person? Oh, who yeah, yeah, yeah. Talks about queer television yes, stuff. Yes, yes. Um, there's apparently there's a different Matt Baum who is not so good. Oh no! <laughs> I think that's a Twitter person though. Um, 
uh, Bewitched, it was gay all along. Um, ah. About how um, a lot of the stories of, of that show are like, hey, you can't be out about who you are because you're yeah. a witch and people will hurt you for that in the 1960s in America. And it's very dangerous for you to, you know, be here in suburbia as, as who you are. Yeah. And apparently, like, Elizabeth Montgomery was interviewed at one point, and they, she was like, that's definitely something we thought about at the time. Yeah. Which is unusual. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. And it, like, turned out that, like, Dick Clark late, later came yes. out as gay. I did not know this. Yeah. Until watching that. But it's like a 15-minute video about... Yeah. Stories in that that resonate very much as if you were a young queer person and you heard this story, you might very much vibe with this particular story. Yeah. Uh, Matt Baum's videos are fantastic. Uh, there's one I always think about that's um, he does a breakdown of an episode of Frasier from back in the day mm-hmm. um, and talks about it as an episode that managed to be about a gay sitcom character in the 90s without being gay being the punchline and it's it's a really interesting episode where like basically Frasier accidentally gives a gay person the impression that he's gay and this person like they're they're on a date and Frasier hasn't realized they're on a date and the comedy comes out of the comedy of errors of ah that has two meanings and you've completely missed each other entirely Mm. and when the resolution eventually comes it's very very reasonable. Mm. It's it's not, oh my god, I'm so offended and upset, I thought you were on a date. Well, like, I'm terribly sorry, yeah. I misunderstood. Frasier's there like, oh my god, I'm so sorry that I have led you on all evening. It had not crossed my mind, and that is my problem. I yes. should have remembered that gay people exist. And, like, yeah, Matt Bam does good videos. Go watch Matt yeah. Bam videos. I've, I've enjoyed some of those um, breakdowns of, of yeah... Yeah, pretty. I think there was some Golden Girls stuff I watched recently yeah. as well that I very much enjoyed. Yeah, go check those out. Uh, what about you? Have you got anything else? I think that's everything I've watched, really. Uh, I watched the pilot episode of the real Ghostbusters because apparently <laughs> YouTube's Ghostbusters official channel just has episodes of the real Ghostbusters on it. How how's that pilot? It's all right. It, yeah. I remember it being the one that scared the crap out of me as a child, and I have no idea why I was so scared of it. Got you on the wrong day, maybe. Apparently so. Um, big one for this week. Um, <laughs> Vengeance is a dish, dish best served uh, served rock snake. Uh, this is Two uh, B Sky on the Two B Sky and channel. Oh yeah. This is episode five. <laughs> um, it is a fifty-two minute and fifty-six second episode of a Nuzlocke run. I was given three and a half hours of material. I will not spoil what happened or why if you are if you haven't haven't yet watched any of that series. I, I think that you did a fantastic job with that episode and what you had to achieve. If you watch no other episode, watch this one. But yeah. also watch the other because I I I had never encountered Skyen before. I that was yeah. hooked on about uh, doing some video editing. I have really enjoyed watching yeah. his content. We've we've been Twitter mutuals for a long time, and I'm I'm really happy that you two have been getting on doing all like that stuff together. Boy and could right. use more of that in the world. Yeah. Um, we caught up with Amber often because we watch all the Amber oh, yeah. Ruffin shorts on yeah. YouTube. Always good, always funny, always poignant. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, we watched 
uh, FMV zone uh, at at dead of night on the Outside Extra channel. Oh yeah. Uh, so it's the Outside Xbox crew on Outside Extra channel <laughs> playing this ridiculous FMV game called um, at dead of night. You're you're trapped in a hotel with a creepy man who is a cross between what if. What if Punch from Punch and Judy was also the Joker? Yes. Kind of? Yes. Um, oh, you go, oh, it's a spooky hotel. Except he's trying to murder you. He can't come down to the ground floor or basement, and there's no justification why that is. And he's not it's not really seemingly murdering you, just bopping you over the head and taking you back to your room. Yeah, also he can't go in bathrooms. He can't go, oh no, he can go in bathroom, but he can't go in wardrobe. Oh, he can't he go can in hide wardrobe. in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. Um, that game looks fucking ridiculous. It's... And lots of... Lot, uh, apart from that, the only other thing I've watched is lots of hot takes of people reacting to the uh, Nintendo Switch Online <laughs> expansion yes. pass. Yeah, it's... Lots of people are very angry. I mean, it's a lot and it's confusing and I have complicated thoughts about it. Uh, okay, so <sighs> you're... Uh, an Animal Crossing player, and I understand that the expansion for that is entirely tied up in this. <laughs> Can you actually buy it separately? Yes. Okay. So here's the thing. Um, Nintendo has not been terribly transparent about what their new upgraded expansion pass gets you. It It's something like... it, it For a it works at about double the price of the current Nintendo Switch Online membership, it's which a bit is more than that. Yeah, it's a little more than double. It was like so. It's nineteen ninety nine per month. Um, not not sorry, per month. Per, yeah. per year for a single. Yes. Or it's um, seventy nine ninety nine per per year for a single with the expansion. I was certain it was fifty for a single in, with the expansion. In, sorry, in dollars. I, I don't okay. know. I don't know it in pounds. Yeah, it's it's a li- it was a little over double. Um, yeah, yeah. Which like you, you, they they've been clear. You're getting Nintendo sixty four and Sega Genesis games, and but yeah. is it going to be the same drip drip of? Yes. So it's gonna be it's gonna be some drip drip. Um, but yes, they're bundling a DLC, a big DLC in with it, and this is where it gets weird and complicated. So. You can buy this new huge Animal Crossing DLC for about £25. Right. Or you can get access to it through the uh, the online membership. Right. Which, for about a year's worth of the online membership, will be about the same as buying the DLC outright, but you also have the N64 and Genesis games. And Will you also get and to keep the, the DLC at the end of it? Well... Get to that. I know you won't get to keep all of it because there's some yeah. specific things that are tied yeah. just to that. So we'll we'll get to that. Like they haven't been clear whether there's going to be like, are they going to do this with more stuff? Will there be other DLCs or more games or more things that will come with your subscription? No fucking idea. But right now, you can buy the DLC and just have it, or you can essentially be renting it. And how that will work is that you will get access to the. The, the new places... There's basically a whole second Animal Crossing where you go and design homes for people on vacation. And you can go and play that and do that all fine and bring stuff back to your home island. Okay, so it's the fun stuff from The Sims. It's... Of kind, designing a home. Kind of. It's... Uh, there was a 3DS game called Happy Home Designer for Animal Crossing, okay. and it's basically Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer as a DLC. Right. Um, 
But it comes with some really cool customization stuff you can have on your home island. Mm-hmm. Um, such as partition walls to sort of break up rooms into smaller rooms, mm-hmm. or um, uh, sound effect stuff you can do, or like there's a bunch of different things you can do with your house building. If you stop paying for the expansion pass and that's how you got the DLC, they won't take away your ability to, in the main game, make partition walls and do all the the new stuff on your home island Mm -hmm. that you unlocked through the DLC, but you can't go and do the happy home designer content anymore. Right. Which, I mean, I think for many people, a year is going to be more than long enough to play a side piece of content for Animal Crossing, but... And like, but the people who are super into Animal Crossing, yeah, because that's that's the thing is like, the position it's putting people in is, if you were interested in the Nintendo Switch Online subscription because you want to get N sixty four games and Genesis games and whatever else they bring, if you were in that camp, you're in this weird position of yeah, but I want to own the DLC, but it doesn't make sense for me to buy the DLC because then I'm doubling up, I'm paying for a thing I already have access to. It suggests that if you want to buy the DLC, why get the online service? Because a big chunk of what they're charging you for, you just bought and you're not getting it. Like, it feels like the missing component is there should be a discount one way or another for, like, are you an online subscriber? Cool, you get access to the DLC. If you want to buy it to keep, you could do so at a discount because you've been paying for online. Or, okay, your Nintendo Online subscription is cheaper because you already own... Animal Crossing, which is a big part of what we're charging you for. Like, mm. that feels like the missing component. Because right now, it's both dissuading people who want to buy it from getting Nintendo Switch Online, and it, it, it's... Oh, it's it's a complicated mess. I still I still don't know what I want to fucking... How, uh, it's weird, and I don't like it. Okay, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's not you. It's Nintendo. Nintendo, what? Why are you trying I to fucking do rent... this to my wife? Why would you fucking rent me DLC? Yeah. Ah, oh. see, like here's the shady as fuck. I'll say this as well. I think if Nintendo had said, it had not sold it separately, if this mm. had been the only way to get it, I think people would have gone, okay, cool. I get access to a weird side thing. And if I stop subscribing, I have new stuff on my Animal Crossing home. Mm. I could see that having gone over better than what they did. Uh, pet, 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 pet. Did you watch anything else this week? No, that's it. Well then, time for this. Got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, did you know, like during the whole lockdown thing, a lot of people were staying home, right? Yeah, it wasn't the safest thing in the world to go out for a while. No, but people still need to send packages. Oh, they did. Yeah, there was a bunch of sponsorships about it there for was, a particular company. Too. Yeah, a company that was all like, "Hey, post we'll from you home. some free scales." Yeah, only use them for posting. Wink, wink. Are we sponsored by them? Or? No. Oh, no. No. Who are we sponsored by this week, then? Head on over to thepostoffice.lol.net. Oh! Oh, the post office. Yeah. They know that a lot of people defected to online services... Yeah. ...during the pandemic. I mean, that was understandable. It was. But, but, you know, what if you just went to the post office? I mean, 
The post office is nice. It's it's nice, like, having someone to reassure me I put the right postage on it. Because, yep. like, doing it from home, I do worry that I've done it wrong mm-hmm. somehow. Mm-hmm. 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 Also, you only use that printer, like, once to print a thing. Oh, God, yeah. It's going to be such a faff getting it working and working out if the, if there's ink in it or it's just if dry, if it's dried up. Or, or if there's no ink actually in it. Or, or if the printer is just fucked. Yeah. I mean, that does seem like a lot of effort. I could just go back to the post office. Back to the post office, Dr. Walden. Oh. Okay. I, and get yeah. absolutely nothing. Yeah, but I won't have to... I, I off, will, of your, off of your prices, I will but get, it will be the same price as it's always been. I mean, I will get the, the discount... Time is money, and I will get a discount in time well, by I mean, you not having have, to fix that fucking printer. There is that, but you will have to go down to the post office. Pretty sure that's going to be quicker than fixing that printer. It will be, yes. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, we're getting toward the end of development on that, uh, that, that game we've been working on. Yeah, yeah. And I've been trying to think of ways that we can, um, use the staff we have and make them as beholden to us as possible. I love using the staff. Exactly. So I've been, I've been working on something. I've, right. I've got an idea. Right. Um, all of our developers want to get listed in the credits. That's important, you know, so they can go to, you know, they can eventually go to other studios maybe and go like, ah, oh, yeah, here's what I worked on. Here's the things yeah. I've made. Yeah. We don't want them doing that. Cause no. That would be using working for us to get them better work, and that's bad. Yeah. yeah. So, I've devised a plan. Come come with me on this. Sure, sure. The day before we wrap up production, mm-hmm. we institute a new rule. If you don't stay on the project until the very last day, you don't get to be in the credits. Right. Seems simple enough, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We also conveniently that day happened to have an updated employee contract. Uh-huh. And that contract is just terrible for the workers. Like, they are locked into working here for absolutely years with no pay rises, with basically... We, we, can, we can lock them in here as best we can. And we give them the option. Uh, if you don't want to sign the new contract, you could just uh, stop working here and not be in the credits on this thing you've spent gears working on why would you want to be in the credits? why would you, you want to be credited like working here? exactly why would you want to be credited for the work you did if you don't want to work here exactly right, right. yeah so i think we make we make it a, you know worst case scenario they either agree to our terrible terms or they can't get work anywhere else win-win because they'll come crawling back if they can't work elsewhere. Oh, I like it when they come crawling. Exactly. And then we just slide that contract across the table again and go, you want to sign that now? Yeah, there's a whole thing for flogging in there. Oh, yeah. It's it's not just allowed. It's it's recommended. Encouraged. Yeah. Encouraged. Like, you, if you don't get 50 a day, you are... You're, yeah, I mean, you're... Stu- that's out of the credits. Again. Perfect. You are a fucking genius. I know. So, <gasps> what have you put in your ears? I've really not put much in my ears this week. No. Um, I did a bit, did a bit of catching up on podcasts. Um, I listened to some Mabim Bam, some Sawbones. Got back to listening to the Empty Bowl, that lovely chill serial yeah. podcast. Um, it's not been a listen heavy week. I've been very busy doing things that required more of my attention. Um, I listened to some My Chemical Romance. Same. 
Yeah, what MCR were you listening to? Uh, it's the one that starts with. Oh, the sharp, the sharpest lines. You are good at this. Yeah, I mean, I, I could sing it at you. It rains and it pours when you're out on your own. If I crash on the couch, can I sleep on my cl- uh, would can I sleep on my clothes? Because I spent the night dancing. I'm drunk, I suppose. I mean, if it looks like I'm laughing, I'm really I mean, just asking, laughing. leave this alone. It's You're in time for the show. You're the one that I need. I'm the one that you loathe. You can watch me corrode like a beast in repose. Because I love all the boys in a way with the... Uh, uh, all, all, away with the boys in the band. Yeah. <laughs> The Bender and it shows. Yeah. So one. why don't you blow me a kiss before she goes? Yeah, that one. That one. It's a, it's a good track. It's a good track. The sharpest lives are the deadliest to lead. Right? Oh. Pointy, pointy lives. <gasps> yeah. I went back and re-listened to um, Black Parade start to finish. It's been too long since I... did I... that recently as well. Yeah. I, I just... I needed it as a whole album rather than individual tracks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is a concept album. Yeah. They very often work best when they listen to all together. Yeah. And that... I I need to do that more often. I need to just put albums on start to finish rather than just shuffling through tracks. I I think this is part of the problem of the big switch to, like, Spotify oh, 100%. or... 100%. Um, like, stuff like Spotify or just set, like, people just going, oh, I'm just going to listen to an individual track. Yes. I need to be better about that because I love albums. I love albums as a thing. It, I think it depends very much on the album. Like, there, there, there are lots of albums I listened to as a kid. Yeah. I was like, oh, or I would just like immediately get it, find the track I liked, copy it onto a tape, make myself a mixtape, and I would listen to mm. that, and I would probably never listen to the rest of the album ever. Yes. And then years later, I will come back and appreciate the rest of the album in a very different way. Yeah. And probably absolutely hate the track I originally liked. Uh, um, but yeah, there's there's been a lot of that. It's, um, it's, it's a part of the music listening experience that I have really dropped off in recent years and I need to make more of an effort with. I mean, we listened to a whole bunch of uh, System of a Down the other day as well. That oh, was really good. Oh, we did. We had a good old sing-along in the car. Yeah, we had a bit from Hypnotize. Some Zoxicity was in there as well. Yeah. I can't even remember what the the first track... I know Figaro was on there and... Yeah. Figaro. Um, what else? I can't I can't remember the n- names of most uh, of the other tracks that we listened to. I mean, oh, I think Prison Song was on there. Oh, yeah, Prison Song was on there. The only other thing I can think of I listened to, and I listened to this because System of Down got me thinking about it, was um, uh, Rage Against the Machines Killing in the Name of. Because uh, System of a Down got me remembering the uh, the time when Rage Against the Machine got Christmas number one. Yeah. And were like, uh, okay, you can come perform your Christmas number one live, but you must promise not to say, uh, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. You've got to not do that line. You and, the authorities. Yeah, so this was, I can't remember, I think it was for BBC Radio. And, I thought it was Top of the Pops. Um, I don't believe it was Top of the Pops for okay. um, for the fuck you, I won't do what you tell me performance. Because very specifically... There's a recording you can watch of them doing it where it's them inside a remote studio. It's not Top of the Pops. They're talking with the radio people and they start performing and you can watch in the background someone go like that at the point of like, (laughs) they've cut us. Um, You can see how many fuck you, I won't do what you tell me is they get in before it gets cut. And as soon as they get (laughs) cut, they get cut. They all start just like... 
so much more energetic than like how he did it. It's, it's really if you've never seen it, go track down the killing in the name of um, BBC Christmas live filming. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you listen to anything else? Uh, the last track I listened to was uh, by Hydelic, a track called Connected, brackets yours forever. Mm. It's off of the uh, Tetris Effect soundtrack album. <gasps> oh, yeah. And people can find out why I listen to that. <laughs> oh, I listen to so... That is a point. I listen to so much Tetris Effect music this week. <laughs> Find out on Friday. Reasons. Yeah. Well, actually, it'll probably be up Thursday. Thursday. Find out on Thursday. It'll probably be up by the time that this goes up for early listening, people. Yes, because we can't put this up until the uh, House of the House of Ashes embargo. Yeah. Thanks, embargoes. <laughs> yeah. So go check out my YouTube for a Tetris connected video, probably. Mm. Go look for that. Do it. Ah, oh, that's everything I've listened to. Well then. <gasps> time for this. Ah, oh, ah, oh, quick, in here, in here. Oh, oh, God. The door, oh the God. Yeah, okay, oh, it's locked, it's oh, locked. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, oh. oh. oh I thought they were dead. I know. What, they were just what, lying there in a the big dead pile, what, being what, all dead. What, what, even were, what even were those? I don't know, like grey skin, and yeah. they just kept muttering about brains. Yeah. Like, they what, shambled. Uh, sh- shambly war heaters? Sham- shamblers. Sh- shamblers. Oh, the shamblers, oh, the shamblers oh, are coming. The sham- this is this is as bad as the time that there was the you remember the the the, the goths oh the big yeah big goths and they yeah. like they're biting people oh, in the, the neck oh the fighty neck goth ones yeah, yeah. Oh, the, God. oh oh, oh I, I, I wish there was even a, I'd be less scared if there was a name for them yeah but like, right oh. oh and you remember like the whole time we were we were in the house and I just set up all those cameras and. We were getting tossed around at night. Oh yeah, and the, shit was moving the invisible all the time. thing, the the invisible, the invisimovers, invisimovers, the invisimovers. Yeah. yeah, that was just the worst. Yeah, whole oh, period. it's been oh, it's been a bad time. It's better. Oh, and that 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 guy from down the pub, like we were we were we were down the pub, but it was like everyone was celebrating the full moon and thing, and then he's just like ripping all his clothes off and. Oh, he's Bloody real hairy. hairy. Yeah. Really hairy. Really yeah. big teeth as well, right? Really, my what big teeth are. Oh, oh, uh, big, big teeth hairy man. Big oh, teeth hairy real, man. Real, real. And then, then he bit Dave. Oh, I bit Dave, yeah. And Dave was also a big teeth hairy man. Who yeah. knew? Who I, knew? I, I've known Dave for years. I didn't I've know him a big teeth hairy yeah. man before. Uh, have you never... Just, sorry, am I the only one? Have you never seen a fucking horror film, ever? Um... Uh no, no. The Pixar make those. <laughs> well, it's danger time again. Oh, I know. You just can't trust anyone these days. You can't. You can't. I can't let Jocasta go out. I can't. Oh, I can't. I can't, I can't let uh, Callista go out. No, can't let them go out. Can't let them go out. Oh. Do you know? 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 Only last year. Yeah. Only last year. Mm. I, 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 I let them go out. I went. Up, they sent them with the with the nanny. I sent yes, them out to, to do, do the, the, the trick or treating. Yes. Yes. I, I know they said it was a pandemic, but they all had masks on. I crafted those masks myself. Indeed. And you know. You, you know, you have to, you have to check the candy. 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 I checked the candy, and you know what? You know what, what I did found? You, What did you find? In a, in a Mars bar. In a in Mars a, bar. In the Mars.
crossbar. Someone had put a, ra- a razor blade the size of your forearm <gasps> oh. in a fun-sized mask bar. Oh, goodness. What, just you, unfolded yeah. before me. You know what I found? You know what I found? What oh, I opened, I opened up one of the check? little boxes of Smarties. Oh, the little Smarties. I found, I found, I found a street value of £4,000 worth of drugs in there. And heroin, was it? Heroin. Uh, oh, of course. Was heroin. Of course. It's always it, heroin. It, it, was, it was the there heroin was... and the, 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 the crack. It was They're the... always putting cracky heroin in, 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 in so all the Smarties. There was so much fentanyl in those Smarties. Oh, the fentanyl. Oh, don't even get oh. me started. I, 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 I looked through the bag. I looked through the bag. And you, what, you know what? I thought what it, you... it was it was labelled as sherbet. And you, you know what? what? You know what? what? We, we had to take Timmy to the hospital because it turned out to be a thousand tons of fentanyl. <gasps> that, oh. that could kill a kitty. That, oh, that, that could kill that a kitty. Could, that could. That could. Well, you know what I found. What did you find? Uh, I opened up a pack of love hearts. In and, love hearts, because yeah. you've got to check them. You've got to check exactly. them. You've got to love check hearts. them. You know, I was checking the to see if they had any, any any dirty messages or anything. Well, indeed. Instead, what I found was an entire prison system full of murderers. What inside? Inside the love hearts. Oh, inside so much for love, eh? Yes. So much for love. So much, so much for, for love. love. No, and and you you think it's a safe holiday for the kids? Just a little bit fun. And they just say it's just a little bit fun. And oh, please, mummy, please can we go out? Please can we go out? And they say no, Timmy, you cannot go out. Do you oh, know? Do you know? Oh, the things. And they're like, no, no, don't, don't, please, don't steal our caramel cups. And it's like, do you know what's in these caramel cups? Do you know what is in these caramel cups? So irresponsible, evil person. <gasps> person i found an entire an entire an entire hollywood sex industry in there <gasps> oh that's very bad that's uh, very terrible there were sex workers left and right in there left and right that's not suitable for a kitty oh, that's not suitable for a kitty oh, no. you, oh, oh, oh you imagine oh, the things oh, i could have oh. seen you know what you know what i found i found one more thing when i was looking through the sweets last in the year sweets. in the sweets in oh, the sweets you got to check yes. them. i know i was in a bag of skittles in i was looking in the bag of skittles oh i found bright and colorful oh, i know what, what i know lie what horrors lie beneath uh, the entire end of existence in reality, the, the, the end time. Nobody thinks the, about it. Nobody thinks to check for Armageddon in the nobody Skittles. Nobody thinks to check for Armageddon in the Skittles, and there it is, nestled away behind the blue one. <laughs> <laughs> question time, some questions. What's the questions? Uh. <laughs> what? Uh, what, are uh, what are the questions? <laughs> <laughs> what are they? I don't know. I've lost them. I have them, and they immediately ran away. That's very mean of them. Why would they do that? Uh, Al Ferret living in a dungeon. <gasps> I hope I hope you're okay in that little Al Ferret. Yeah. Uh, reason for mosquitoes to exist? Um, so that bees didn't have to bear the responsibility of being the most h- hated insect. Also, wasps and hornets. Yes. Uh, Matthew Hudson asks, will you be getting the next Resident Evil board game from Steamforged Games? There's a Kickstarter launching at the end of this month. And have either of you played the previous two? Uh, I haven't played the previous ones, and I don't know Steamforged Games. Do they tend to make good games? Uh, They made Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3. In fact, I think they... Yeah, I think it went 2, 3, and now they're doing 1. Did either of them review well? I don't know, but I know, but I know certain people I know that are very into the miniatures side of things have very highly spoken uh, about uh, two and three because they both have 
amazing zombie yes. miniatures. Because it's one of these ones where you're going to be paying through the nose, but the miniatures are lovely. And if you desperately care about that thing, this is wonderful. Maybe. I don't, I really don't know. I mean, maybe. Um, I said maybe. I said maybe. Um, also, I've heard from a few people a bit more detail about the Kickstarter now. Because I, when I first read this question, because this is from last week. <laughs> um, when I first read the question, I was like... Mm, okay, I'll go and look into that. And some reviews, uh, some people were talking like, very excited, it's probably going to be another thing. They're talking about it's refined from the previous two games, so they've yeah. learned from that. But it's going to be more focused in a smaller area, because mm. the mansion. Yeah. Cool, I'm interested. And I've heard people more recently saying it's going to be kind of like a lot different to the previous two. Okay. And in a way that I'm not not 100% sure that I, I, I'm into. Okay. I will see. I will wait for the Kickstarter to come. I'll watch the Kickstarter video. Yeah. A resounding maybe right now. But no, yeah. not played either of the previous two. Wouldn't mind. Might see if they're on Tabletop Simulator and give them a look. Nice. Uh, Hawk Kirshner asks... Why do people think bards are the only class in D&D can be, that can be horny? Because they lack imagination. <laughs> I mean, do you want the actual answer? Because it's they're the charisma casting class, and therefore mm-hmm. they're the class that mechanically you have to give high charisma, and high charisma makes it easy to justify flirty class. But, like, that's for cowards. Give me a terribly low charisma... Um, you know, let, let's say a terribly low charisma barbarian that is a big, huge flirt and usually messes up, but if they get a crit, it's going to go amazingly. And they're going to keep persisting. They've not got many words, but they're going to flirt as best they can. Like, give me... Hello, darling, do you want to see my club? Yeah, exactly. Or give me a completely, like... F- Badly statted. Uh, give give me a warlock that for some reason is highly charismatic and has like a really poor intelligence score. Come on, Kazam! Yeah, but, but maybe they can't actually do wizard magic very well. They're just bullshitting their way through situations. Are they... you specking out Rincewind? <laughs> I guess. But like, yeah, give give other characters the chance to be flirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all the questions. Yay! Well then, time for this. But you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social Justice Warriors. Social Justice Warriors? Yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Larry. How are you doing? Yeah, I'll see you there, mate. I'll see you there. Uh, been up to much? Uh, you know, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, on, I'm on social media as I yeah, do. I yeah, know, yeah, terrible yeah, idea yeah. on that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Had a bit of a bit of a disappointment. Uh, I, I opened up the uh, the social media. Facebook medias. was working again, was it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Well, you know, it's always a bit of a disappointment when one of the ones you reckon's all right on stuff turns out to ah. uh, do a bit of a wobbly turn. Oh god, who was it this time? Oh, Margaret Atwood, the uh, Handmaid's Tale author. I thought she'd been generally quite good. Oh, so she'd far. generally been very good to trans people. Yeah, yeah. So what's, At, what's happened? Out of nowhere, decides to share a very dog whistly uh, tweet to a article behind a paywall, but I've seen screenshots of the uh, post behind the, the right, paywall. Right, but right. the headline was uh, um, People are trying to erase the word woman. Ah. And the piece was very much like. 
Uh, this is all about misogyny. There's no... It, it, it was having a go at... Tra- it was misrepresenting when trans people go, hey, can we sometimes talk about, like, people with cervixes need cer- uh, cervical screenings or people with prostates need prostate exams as a way to be like, let's not lose trans people who, you know, may not... whose binary gender is the turfs look at it might not line up with what who you would assume would have those uh, yeah. bits of anatomy. And... You know, misrepresenting that as, no, you're not allowed to say woman anymore, woman's banned. And it's like, no, that's not what's going on. What's going Using on? Using inclusive language. Indeed. Like, look, no trans person on the planet is, is telling you, you are not allowed to be called a woman, to say the word woman, to call yourself a woman, to, like, you're not allowed to In ask fact, a doctor to call you a woman. <laughs> exactly. You know, the reason that, like, say, trans women or women is such a popular phrase is because, you know, identifying with womanhood is a you know a thing you are allowed to refer to it's about being who you are exactly what is happening is like hey look often cervical screenings are not getting done for trans men and non-binary people for example because it's women should get cervical screenings and and trans men have historically had a lot of trouble trying to get uh, exactly like if, if you if you have your thing says Cervical screenings are for women only. Someone who is a trans man who is legally recognised as male shows up. You may have... They may have issues getting a cervical screening they need, even yeah. though they have a cervix, you know. And this piece, like, tried to frame it as, uh, oh, this is all about... Uh, this is all misogyny because no one's trying to get rid of the word man. And I'm like, well... I mean, the, the example they use is, like, they, they never say person who urinates standing. I'm like, well, I mean, we kind of are, though. Also, like, I've been to some fantastic bars where they list the toilets as sitting and standing. Well, e- exactly. But, like, I, it, it's a real... It's trying to imply women are being attacked and that cis women are being being attacked and forced away from their identities. It's like, no, both for men and women, we are in medical contexts trying to get away from language that connects physical health needs with gender because those do not always line up the way that people have been told and that is being misrepresented because a it's a way for turfs to be like look we're the victims we're being attacked when nothing's happening to them and it's it's a way to dissuade trans people from doing that work they need to do of going hey here is a problem that like some different language might help me to get better medical care can we try that Oh, can't be, can't be having that. That'd give trans people adequate healthcare. Ugh. 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 Yeah, I'm really hoping that would uh, see right sort on of this one. Clarifies but, uh, that. Um, people have been trying, but she's been digging her heels in. Oh. It's a real disappointment because yeah, she seemed like one of the uh, one of the one of the good ones that was pushing back against the turfs, and I really hope that this particular dog whistle isn't the one that's turned her around. Ugh. <sighs> Right, uh, hug mate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh. oh, good hug, mate. Good hug. Yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, there you go. Nice sit down. Yeah. Oh, I'm probably gonna have an early one. I think. Oh, yeah. nice one. Nice one. We sleep well. Hey, you too. 
So, Laura. <gasps> yeah. We've got a book. We do. We have a book. We've got a book. It's called Who Hunts the Whale. It is called Who Hunts the Whale. Ooh. Ooh. With an H. Yeah. It's 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 a video game. It's it's a it's a novel set in a fictional video game studio. It's a big AAA company that's not terribly good to its employees and puts too many microtransactions in. It's mm-hmm. totally fictional. Totally fictional. Very fictional. Totally fictional. Um, is it's a novel. We're writing a novel together. Uh, we're nearly done on our combined first draft. Yeah, we're real, real close to we being done. We are real close. Uh, I've taken some time off soon, so that's, I'm gonna have yeah. I'm gonna have like an extra week to put some polish on that. Hell yeah! If you're interested and want to know more and want to go support the book, uh, it's on Unbound. You can you can pre-order a copy. There's backer reward tiers you can look into. Um, you can help support the publishing of the book. Help us get to that little hundred percent mark so we can get published. Um, we're very excited. Go check it out. Do it. See yeah. If you please. Um, unbound.com forward slash books forward slash whale. That's it. Uh, or just search who hunts the whale unbound and yep. you'll find it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's very good so yeah. far. I've very much enjoyed writing it. I'm very excited to, to, to get to the end of the first draft and go in and, and do good polishing. Because yeah. I've had some ideas about things that... Same. Will be added, and yeah. it's like I don't, don't want to do too much on that just yet. But first draft is nearly done, and I think this is the most book I've ever done, and I'm very, very I'm, happy. About I'm it. very proud of this yeah, book. I really, yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, uh, Laura K bars everywhere. Um, if you're a TikTok person, go follow me on TikTok. I'm trying to trying to hit a certain threshold on there, so I can start monetizing that. So go check me out there. Um, the main thing. Go to youtube.com slash Laura K Buzz and go check out I'm, I'm just I am gonna I'm gonna say it's gonna be up by the time this goes up. Uh, I did a video about Tetris and EMDR therapy for PTSD and getting into the depths of like how Tetris can be useful as a as an aid to therapy for PTSD, but not by itself and with a lot of caveats and getting into some of the minutiae of that. Mm-hmm. So I'm very proud of that video. Go check it out. What about you? What do you do? Me, I, I, well, I edit that video. Yeah. And I, and I edit Sky and Snuzzle yeah. videos. Um, so you should go and check those out. I make music under the name Bedroom Programmer. Uh, I have a, a Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Radio For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify 76 plus hour work week. For $10 a month, you can get early access to Queer and Pleasant Strangers and anything else I happen to remember to put up early. Like the Skittisodes. I put Skittisodes mm-hmm. up a little bit early for them. And what else? What else? What else? What else? I do other things too. Um, no, it's called... Polyarmory. Polyarmory. It's a D&D 5th edition real play podcast for questionable morals. When I finished writing the book, I will get back to editing that. Yeah. Book. Book has dominated life a bit. Yeah. As they do. They do that. You you now under- you understand. Oh, I understand. I don't yeah. know how Stephen King has written hundreds of books. Ah, probably, probably, probably neurotypical or something. Probably neurotypical and like, at a guess, maybe cocaine. Maybe cocaine. Maybe cocaine. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's prolific. Maybe it's cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do cocaine. It's, no, it's, it's not good. No. Uh, <laughs> well, I've lost all of the things. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I've streamerlinks.com slash JNEXJANEIAC. You can find all of my links there. There's probably things I've forgotten, like the the t shirts on Redbubble. Yeah. You can get Queer and Pleasant Strangers t shirts, among others. Indeed. 
Thank you very much for joining us, Laura. Will you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger. Yeah! Oh, I gotta kiss you. Here you do. Yeah! <laughs> you get <empathy>. Oh! <laughs> Nothing happened. Oh, this is going off the credits. Oh, is it? Yes. Because <laughs> I do the edits. No. Yeah. <laughs>